Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 139 of the podcast. Today, we have Gordon McCallum on, and he is the face, the man behind working with parents in sport. Now, why I love today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Gordon in a second, but this episode is a must-listen for everybody, all right? If you have kids, you need to listen to it. If you're a sports coach, you need to listen to it. If you're a parent, if if you're a grandparent, even if you're a kid figuring out ways to work in different sporting environments. So we're going to figure out conversations that parents can have with their students and their kids in the cars and so forth like that, what to say to them before and after a game, as well as if you're a coach, ways that you can communicate with parents to get them on board, and also for teachers dealing with parents, coaches, everybody like that, all right? And what I love it as well, they're very simple conversations, they work, and Gordon's used these from his years of experience of coaching, playing sport, um, his double degree in bachelor's honours of sports science, he's a PE teacher, and he's also a parent himself now. So so many key takeaways that people will be able to action straight away. So guys, sit back. Episode number 139 coming your way and this is a beauty. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited. Joined from the other side of the globe, Gordon McCullough. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Dale. My pleasure, mate. Now, uh, how's things, mate? You been well? Yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, just uh, getting used to the English summer, which normally starts with rain, um, <laughs> which is which is commonplace. And stood umpiring cricket the other day in hailstones. So uh, other than that, pretty good. My uh, my cousin's actually over there. He plays cricket for Warwickshire, and um, uh, for for a summer sport, um, I've never seen him wear wear a hat, jumpers, vests as much as someone in your in your lovely country, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's hope it's a bit better in July and August. I'm sure it will be. Now, let's for for all my listeners that uh, haven't had the pleasure of coming across everything you're doing, Gordon, do you want to give a little bit of your upbringing and background, mate? Yeah, so uh, I guess I'm in many ways just a, a normal lad who, who, who got to play lots of sport. I was very lucky that uh, my parents sort of encouraged me to do everything, so the usual sort of uh, weekly swimming and a bit of football and a bit of cricket and a bit of rugby and a, a bit of squash and then of course you you played with your mates and tried to learn how to play tennis and and things like that and uh, yeah I did that for uh, right through my youth uh, and then I was reasonably good at, at, at two in particular uh, cricket and rugby even though soccer I love more than than any other sport but uh, cricket and rugby were my uh, sort of main ones from a performing point of view so I played county cricket over here as a as a 15 year old uh, and I was a, an England under 19 rugby trialist uh, when I sort of got to that age and uh, I played a few games uh, in the national leagues of, of rugby over here in my early 20s uh, and then uh, disappeared into the world of coaching sort of gave up playing in my early 20s uh, and as I joke with somebody the other week, Dale, I did everything back to front. So now technically I should be 57 and I'm 40. 
<laughs> so obviously playing at a pretty high level there, Gordon. What made you decide that uh, you wanted to go into coaching, mate? Was there uh, a mentor? Was that a path you wanted to go down? Was it um, because a lot of people don't sort of take up coaching, you know, till their body's done or, or did you have injuries? What, what happened there, mate? Yeah, it was. So, I mean, the, the, look, injuries sort of took the toll. And, I, I, look, I think it takes a long time, I guess, to, for lots of sportsmen to get over things. I think the um, it was tough in the front row back then playing rugby uh, as a sort of schoolboy. Anybody who who was good, you know, representative level at, at sort of age group level, making that transition into, into men's sport in a sport back then that hadn't been professionalised. So there wasn't the the route or the pathway that there is now, it was very much get in there, sink or swim. And um, it was a tough world. Uh, and I think that and the combination of a, a few injuries, you know, just meant you were no longer enjoying the game anymore. Um, so I, I disappeared off to New Zealand for a year um, and got into loads and loads of coaching in a school uh, and and didn't look back, didn't look back from, from that point on. I love that, mate. Now, I couldn't think of anything worse than being in the front row of a rugby team, mate. That's probably one of the scariest things you could ever do. Um, cricket, though, let's talk a little bit about that, mate. What uh, specialised batter, bowler, all-rounder, keeper? Oh, definitely, definitely a terrible bowler, and uh, <laughs> I've never tried never tried the uh, uh, the gloves behind the stumps. But, uh, you know, I was, I was able to find a way of scoring runs. Uh, I don't know how technically beautiful... It necessarily is, but at schoolboy level, was able to pick up plenty of runs and, and scored some runs, sort of playing county schoolboy level. Uh, very much uh, a mental game for me, which it, which it still is now when I dust the pads off. Of you know, I'm determined to stay out here for as long as possible, and I, and I'll wait for somebody to bowl me something that I can give a good smack to, and it, it, it's no more complicated than that for me. Oh, I think uh, I think that's what cricket is these days. And I know when I was growing up, coaching is all about uh, technically correct, getting that elbow up and things like that. But I suppose since the introduction of T20 and the Big Bash and the IPL and everything like that, it's basically hit ball, see ball, whack it. Isn't is that the way you reckon it should be played? Oh, I think I think there's I think there's room for a, a lot of creativity, and I get in lot as you said there. I think the these newer versions of the game have, have sort of in many ways blown out a lot of the uh, some of the old thoughts around around the coaching of the game, and and you know a bit you know we were laughing the other day actually about this and talking about being technically good, and we were laughing about Jim Furyk's golf swing. Yeah. You know, and that you know, and that worked for Jim. So you know, who who are we to stand there with the coaching manual and say it should look like that, or what it should look like? It's uh, it's it's so true, uh, and I'm a big believer in that. I think play creativity comes down to anything. If you can do something well the way you do it, then that's right for you. So I love that. And the last thing you sort of mentioned there at the start is that uh, you weren't so good at football or soccer, however we call it around the world. But it's like really a religion to you. Who's your team over there, Gordon? Oh yeah, so well, I, I, I'm surprised I'm talking to you at this point because I'm a big Liverpool fan. So I've got half an eye on the Man City game at the moment, which is which is nil nil at half time. So um, I went to Kiev last year to watch Champions League final. So uh, I'm a big Liverpool, uh, big Liverpool fan, uh, and and I just love my soccer. You know, my, my lad plays soccer, and um, it's just something that that I really enjoy. Even though you know rugby and the coaching of rugby probably gave me my career. 
It's um, amazing. I lived in London for three years, Gordon, and I've never, ever experienced anything quite like the soccer over there. And going, I, I was a Fulham fan. I lived in Fulham with all the rest of the Australians. But um, just going to a game, mate, it's for people that haven't been to it before, it's probably the most amazing spectacle ever, isn't it, where you've got the whole crowd besides one little pocket, one team, chanting. And I know you guys at Liverpool, you're probably the best at it. Yeah, I, look, I, I, for me, I, I just think it, it's one of those sports that gives everybody hope. And you know, somebody said that to me the the other day. You know, I, I sort of go and watch Middlesbrough as well because my lad plays for them, and we've got four season tickets because it's the nearest club to me. So I do a bit of sort of dual, dual supporting, and that you know they missed out on the playoffs yesterday. And actually, it's the hope that kills you. Really, uh, it's a bit like Liverpool at the moment, but actually, it, you know, it's far better to have some hope and have some dreams than none at all. And I just think it's a great sport for that people in these communities who who work hard all week and go and watch it at a weekend. Yeah, and it's it's really strange, I suppose, growing up where I am in Australia, that it's all about winning the premiership or being the best, whereas um, in all the divisions in the soccer in the UK, it's all about relegation and just staying up. And some teams know they'll never win, but the hope of being in the league again or, or qualifying for the next division, it, it's pretty incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. There's, I mean, and I think that's the beauty of the of the system now with the playoffs and the relegation. You know that there's plenty of teams go up and down. I think that you know you, that there's always hope, and you're always playing for something. You know, there's very few, you know, dead matches. You know, which, which is which is great. There's always you know something to play for. Yeah, I, I love that. Now let's get into uh, working with parents, mate, in sport. Obviously, that's your baby now, and that's what you're just dominating around the world with. Um, how was that born? Was that born through obviously having kids or just your experiences coaching, dealing with parents? How'd that come about, Gordon? Yeah, so, it, yeah, it was. It, it, it was based around my sort of early experiences of, of parenting with, with with my two. And, um, you know, I've said this on a few shows, you know, I, I was approached by a scout when my lad was three, a uh, football scout, and I was wow. sat playing on my phone, uh, yeah, in a local sort of town hall. Um, and then I've, I've basically what's happened over the next, I guess, sort of three, four, five years that followed that is over here, um, they give out football contracts at the age of nine. So oh. you, uh, yeah, yeah, you get an That's opportunity. Crazy. To, That's crazy. Gordon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mad. So you get an opportunity to join one of these clubs where you, you're under contract. I mean, look, the, the reality is the contract doesn't mean a lot. It means you can play there for a year, but you might get let go at the end of the year and you might get another one the following year um but but out in the big world there's a real race for those amongst a lot of um grassroots parents and it was a fascinating journey uh speaking to and i've spoken to thousands of people on the side of of sports field and asked them questions about you know sporting development and did they do any different sports in the summer and you know how did they feel about this and the information they get and it was just amazing, and and it made me, it made me reflect as a coach on perhaps in the past, maybe in my own coaching, how I assumed that everybody else knew what I maybe knew with a sports background. And I say that to coaches now when we do our coaches workshop. There's a lot of parents there who have a, have absolutely no sporting background whatsoever, and all they call upon is what they see on the TV. Yeah. Or their own or their own experiences that they had with maybe their dad or the coaches that that they had, and actually there's an awful lot of them sort of saying, "Oh, I wish, 
you know, so not crying out for help, but actually do need an awful lot of support, you know, through this because they're, they're left to join up their own dots. And you know what it's like when you join up your own dots, you can end up, you can end up anywhere with it. Yeah, you can definitely. And I suppose with your obviously teaching and coaching background, I think having both of those sort of hats on, it gives you a massive advantage. Whereas people that don't have that or they've just been watching on the TV, I can imagine that not only is huge pressure on them to perform as a parent or a coach, but also what's the pressure like on the kids? Because at, at nine years old, they're, that's so young to be giving a professional contract on. Yeah, it is. And look, I mean, it's called a professional contract. But, you know, as I say, the reality is that, you know, you you you, you sign your thing and you get your year and you hope you get another year at the end of it. But, you know, you know, lots of these people, Dale, you know, it's a, it's a dream. And it, it's funny because in all our parents' workshops, you know, children should be allowed to dream. You know, my lad plays for Middlesbrough. He loves it. He plays Liverpool. He plays Everton. He plays Man City. He plays all these teams every Sunday. And to him, it's just another, uh, you know, another game of football. He, he, he doesn't see it like that at all. But, you know, I see a lot, lot of parents who who sort of are looking sort of 10 years down the line and thinking, God, this could be our route to Hollywood and, and lots of fame and fortune. And, you know, if you've got the sports background, you know full well that, you know, as I say in my t- talks again, you know, there's more chance to me being hit by a meteor than my lad playing Premier League football. And um, <laughs> I'm the... You know, and, and I'm the adult in the experience, so I've got to allow him to dream and manage his dreams, but but also I'm the adult and I've got to, I guess, try and make really good life choices for him so that he'll be successful in whatever he ends up doing. Yeah. And that and that's what I try and get it. That's what what I desperately try and get across to to any sporting parent is to to use sport as the the vehicle to equip our children with skills that no matter whether they end up doing that, end up playing socially or end up going into a, a whole different industry that, that we've used it to equip our children to be successful. So, so true, mate, and I love that. Now, I suppose that's one big thing. You're obviously working with sports clubs, parents, coaches, everything like that, and I, I love just from a podcast, when I listen to Gordon, if I can take away two or three little words of wisdom that you may already know but you haven't implemented yet. So if if I was sitting down and you were running a session with just parents, what, what might be your top one, two, three, or four tips that you would give parents on ways to not only deal those expectations of their kids, allow them to be creative and have fun, but also to work with the coaches in a sort of supportive environment? Well, I mean, look, let, let's start with that creative one because, you know, we, we put up a, a lot of key skills in our talk about what we think children need to be successful. Now, one of those is creativity. You know, you've got skills, you know, adaptability, uh, self-reliance, self-organization, uh, good communication, good decision makers, uh, children that show some resilience, show some determination. And I actually get parents to reflect for a moment and just see, you know, out of all those skills, are there any behaviors that they do at home or around their children's sport that either maybe promote one of those skills in their child or likewise maybe have a negative negative effect and that, and that first one that you talked about there around creativity is a, a a great one because our children will always try something out out in the field whatever they're playing they will attempt something new at some point now if that attempt leads to maybe 
a loss for their team or perhaps leads to a, a goal or a try or whatever we may be playing for the opposition, we actually uh, can do an awful lot of damage as a, as a parent or even a coach at that stage. Because if our child comes off the pitch and, and we're first there saying, well, what did you do that for? I don't understand why you've done that. You know, it's it's cost us the game today, or it, it you know it cost us that goal. You know, don't don't do that again. You know, and we, we we've immediately stunted some of the things that we're saying we need our children to have because the child's going to think, well, oh, hang on, I'd, I'd better not do that again because actually all it's led to is a is a hard time, and it's I guess it's it's creating environments where we understand that that you know failure is okay and we're allowed to make hundreds and hundreds of mistakes and coaches should allow us to make mistakes at those ages whilst whilst trying things but we we tend to jump in don't we and we tend to correct far too quickly yeah and I, I think exactly what you said there that a lot of the time parents don't actually know what their words are doing and uh, that they're, they're, they're not actually trying to do the wrong thing but by actually having those conversations after it straight away in the negative way it really does create that player going i'm just going to stick to the basics i'm going to do what i know best and creativity is going to go out the window yeah yeah absolutely and that's just because we're we're well again we're, it goes back to focusing on on the outcomes doesn't it it, it goes on focusing on short-term outcomes rather than long-term processes yeah, it does for sure. So obviously allowing creativity is epic, and I'm so strong on that. I believe that in any aspect of life, for parents, kids, adults, coaches, anyone. What other tips do you reckon parents need to uh, adapt to obviously have uh, happy, healthy children that want to continue playing sport? Yeah, well, look, I think I think another one that I think is a big one that we can do at home is the one around self-organisation and and giving our children sort of ownership of the experience. And I always use the, you know, did, did, do you pack your child's bag, you know, in the workshops? And you can see the hands sort of rising. Quite a lot, I would say, over half of the room tend to put the hand up to that. And that includes 13- and 14-year-old children, never mind the younger parents that, that we work with. And you sort of say, well, look, guys, why, why are we doing that? Now, there's a fear from parents, Dale, that they would just be mortified if their children turn up to the, their match or their session with the wrong kit. And it's really, really scary for a parent. Um, but, you know, my middle ground on that is, you know, why don't you let them pack the bag and then you just have a quick check? You know, I do that with my 10-year-old now. He packs it. I have a quick look to double-check it, and I congratulate him if he's, if he's done a good job uh, and he goes through the process. Because actually what we're trying to do is give our sort of children wings to fly and you know, by taking those bits off them, we're not really doing that. We, you know, they're going to leave home at some point. And they need to be able to organise themselves and and think through it. Now, what what that's my middle ground is you can have a check. Uh, uh, Sergio Lara, who you may have come across, who's a, a, a friend of mine who who does I coach kids uh, all around the world, and he's a great guy. Sergio coaches basketball, and he actually uh, said to his parents at the beginning of the year, "Do you know what? It's okay." If your child turns up to my sessions uh, with the wrong kit, and it is okay if they look like a licorice all sort just once, <laughs> song shoes and wrong socks and whatever else he said, because I want you to let them pack their own kit. And he said to them, I won't think anything less of your child and I won't think anything less of you. So it was just great coaching from him. You know, I did it from the parental side. But when you've got coaches creating environments like that as well, it, it makes you think, yeah, come on, this is this is this is great, great stuff here. 
And, and not only that as well, it's creating lifelong learners because I can guarantee if a kid turns up with the wrong kid, they will definitely, definitely make sure that never happens again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, isn't it? It's the it's the short term the short term error for the long term gain. Short term pain for a long term gain, isn't it? That's, that's so true, so true. Now they're they're very simple tips, and I think sometimes uh, the the easiest or simplest tips are the best, Gordon. So if I was now obviously flipping the hat over, what would be some top tips for coaches and parents? Yeah, from a coach, what you mean from a coach perspective, you know, helping create these environments. Yeah, so with a coach, basically, not only being able to foster a supportive and sort of creative and, and non judgmental environment, but also, I suppose, as a double edged question here, Gordon, as well as dealing with parents, you know, how can you have that simple chat like Sergio did there? And with that simple chat, it just sets expectations for the rest of the year. Oh, look, I, look, I'm the I'm the biggest fan of 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 as parents meeting and getting your group of parents together and trying to communicate this in a in a in a in a fun and you know effective way you know at the beginning of the season and and my big challenge for coaches when we do our coach workshop and it's proved really popular about how you build you know positive relationships with parents is that again a bit like all those words that we get on the walls it's easy to talk about them but then do our behaviours, you know, reflect that? So if we're talking about, you know, let's take a couple of, of examples here. You know, if we've told parents we're all about development and child development and then we go out onto the field on Sunday and we're 2-1 down with 10 minutes to go and we take off our worst two players to put on the best two again, we, we've immediately gone against what we'd said we were going to do and created this, this sort of wall of confusion for parents that our coach behaviour maybe hasn't backed up some of the things that that we're saying. And likewise, you know, if we've said we uh, want to do lots of things around creativity and helping children organize themselves, you know, and stuff like that, if we're running sessions where we're not allowing that creativity, or indeed if we're running sessions where we're not picking up on maybe some of those skills, like a child showing some determination or some resilience. Some of the things that we may have said are important to us, and I'm not saying everybody would say that that in parents' meetings, but I, I would hope in good coaching that we're creating these holistic environments that we can't then expect parents to follow suit. So it's really important that what we say, which I think is a good investment in a, a parents' meet, meeting to, to sort of communicate expectations, we then sort of walk the walk throughout the season and we keep keep reinforcing you know those things that we talked about at the beginning uh but you know we've got we've got to make parental engagement fun um you know all so many campaigns have been about putting parents in boxes and telling them that they've been bad parents or you must stand behind that line and not shout at a referee you know parents need to know more than that and our parents meetings should be fun can we get them playing some games that that allow them to enhance their understanding rather than just being told this is what you should and shouldn't do. I I love that. That is such a powerful thing. And I think not only can coaches take that away as well, but teachers. I think uh, too often you have like parent-teacher interviews and um, it's just dull, it's boring. You sit down and it's not fun for anyone, whereas – Playing games, I think, is the key to life, Gordon. And um, I know that you use these in your workshops and your sessions and things like that. Do you have any favourites, mate? I love learning games and hearing how other people use them to not only build fun but build engagement in whatever they're trying to bring across. 
Yeah, I mean, look, we 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 play a version. You know, just a couple. We play a version of play your cards right in our um, sessions, which was a big game over here. Used to be on the TV by uh, Bruce Forsyth. You know, who was in Strictly Come Dancing. You know, Brucey used to sort of run that many years ago on the TV. So it's good for parents of the generation I'm talking about. And we literally lay out cards and we play higher or lower. And we get a couple of guys up from the audience to play higher or lower and everybody joins in, you know, egging them on. And they've got to try and get to the end of the line using the cards all the way. Um, and we do one line which just shows that lovely linear uh, line that we all would love to see that just doesn't exist. You know, the two, <laughs> you know, the two four, six, eight, ten queen. And then at the bottom, it's like four, ten, six, seven, eight, seven, seven. So they can't win anyway because you can't win with the two cards at the end. And we use that to show, you know, the ups and downs of the sporting journey and how long long term the sporting development is and how important that actually when we're on those downs, we need those life skills that, that we've already been talking about because actually it's them that get you up the other side. Mm. You know, it, it's really important. So, you know, we, we do that. We play, play your cards right there. Uh, we have a game of domino rally uh, to, we get a couple of people up to set up a domino rally with the letter W for working with parents in sport. And we send them out to start with so they don't know what's happening. They get to come back in and they play with 20 seconds of silence from the audience, which is really quite freaky. I, I don't think that's natural or any form <laughs> you know, positive environment for anyone. We play 20 seconds of huge amounts of noise with loads of people yelling instructions, telling them that they put the wrong domino in the wrong place. And, and, and the contestants tend to, you know, start second guessing themselves. And then we play 20 seconds at the end with a standing ovation and a round of applause. And, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, the body language of the, the two adults in the last 20 seconds is far better than the body language in the first 40 in the silence and the, and the wall of noise. And, you know, we're, we're talking adults there that are up struggling in front of other adults. And I say, look, you know, the, there's, there's, you know, 10-year-old children that we're creating that environment for. And one thing, and, and, and a friend of mine, Aira Parry, who, who runs High Performance Parenting over here, you know, I think she, she sums, uh, summed it up beautifully for me once. And I, I do use her quote when, when we decide to yell like that or yell at, an, uh, <clears throat> at a member of the other team, we are basically yelling at our own child in a different coloured shirt. And I think it's a, a really poignant message. Wow, that's that's a really powerful way of putting it. And I suppose you sort of get that through the power of the game. So uh, do you find that um, when you play these games, Gordon, that it completely changes the dynamic of the group? Yeah, I, I think I think parents enjoy the fact that they're playing a game. I think what you said there that everybody enjoys play. Yep. But I also think it carries a far greater impact in that kind of environment where you've been really, really supportive and you are showing the impact of certain behaviours. And well, I see it a bit like observational humour, like Peter Kay, you know, it, I think it's really important that we can tell stories as well and all laugh and joke about our mistakes because, you know what, I make hundreds of them still, Dale, and I live and breathe this, live and breathe this every day because the, the, there is no such thing as, as perfection. But I think if we're given time to reflect and just think about maybe what we're doing before we've even got near our child's sport or competition, then 
I think we've got far more of a chance of creating better environment. Mm. I, I think that's really powerful, and I, I'm a big believer in storytelling as well, and, and showing that vulnerability as well, Gordon, because at the end of the day, you might be running the session, but it doesn't mean that you always get it right, and I think that's really powerful. So is that sort of the most rewarding thing from your workshops, where not only can you sort of show your vulnerability and say it's okay to muck up and it's all right, but um, then also seeing the difference in the parents when you play like playing the cards right and the domino rally and just seeing the impact that that has from the, the yelling to the silence to the cheering? Oh, yeah. Look, I, I think the, the one you're saying there about being vulnerable is really important because, you know, who am I to stand there and tell people how to parent the child or preach to their children? Yeah, I, I very much try to create this atmosphere that, hey, guys, come on, win this together. And it, it's not easy. It's not an easy path. And do you know what? It's going to be littered with mistakes, but I'm sure we can all try and do something or even change one thing that, that, that would make the whole experience better, you know, not just for the child, but actually for the adult, because for a lot of adults, it's a, a really stressful, stressful time, you know, some of the bits around the child sport. And I, I just think that helps people reflect away from competition in a, in a, in a positive environment. And I, I do hope that people take, you know, one or two things away. But I, I think the beauty of, you say there, the storytelling, but I, I think it's probably worth sharing. I, I, I tell this one in my talks, Dale, but as I'm not due in Australia for a while and, and some of your listeners might enjoy this, we, you talk about, you know, why children, you know, play the game um, and why they play sport. And, and, and you know as well as I do, it's because it's fun is, is, is the number one reason that they play. And, and it, it, it concerns me sometimes that actually we want our children to have fun, but actually that's not the biggest motivator for an adult. You know, we say we want them to develop all these skills, but actually that's soon replaced by are we the best? Did we win? Is our team winning? And all the other things that go, uh, you know, I guess along with the sporting experience. And my lad went off to Germany uh, before Christmas for a weekend football tournament playing for Middlesbrough. So he was going off to play your Bayern Munich, your Bush, your Dortmund, your, your Hertha Berlin, all, all the big German, you know, soccer clubs. Yep. And we weren't, we weren't allowed to go. Parents were not allowed to go. It was a parent-free event. Now, look, my lad had never been away from home, uh, certainly not abroad, without me or his mum. And we had to drop him off on the Friday afternoon. And that was it. And off he went and he was coming back Monday lunchtime. Uh, and I don't think I've ever felt as sick in my life taking him up to drop him off. I don't think I've ever felt as sick in the next few hours worried about him. And then there were a number of things that happened that, that totally transformed the experience. Now, one was, and I think this is a really good one for coaches in here, they actually set up a WhatsApp group and started taking pictures of the boys at the airport eating their team dinner uh, uh, when they'd woken up. Uh, they took the phones off them because they were trying to do the right thing by touring so that the, the children were communicating with each other, which I just thought was absolutely brilliant. But they told parents that there would be an hour slot in the evening where they would give the children the phones back and we were to expect a call. And they collected all the phones back in and they checked with us all that our children had rung us and we'd had the chance to to speak to them. So that that was cool. But it was the regular photos throughout the weekend where you could actually see that your child was happy that made all the difference and it allowed you to actually enjoy the experience. But the, the final bit of this story, when we say about children playing for fun, he got back on the Monday. And of course, just typically as a parent, 
all I wanted to know about was the football. Yeah. You know, how against Borussia Dortmund, you know, and how was it against Wolfsburg? And, and you know, because that's just exciting because that's cool. And he got back in the car and he sat there and said, oh, Archie, okay, buddy, good to see you. And, uh, you know, how was it? You know, what, what was the best? Was it, was it good? What was the best bit for you? And there was a silence and he said, Dad, the hotel was beautiful. <laughs> hey, that's brilliant. Archie said, Dad, do you know what? It was a Novotel. I think we should stay in one of those when we go on. <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. You know, and he's only... So, so that was brilliant. So I thought, oh, well, that's good. He's, he's clearly enjoyed the hotel and he'll tell me a bit about the football now. And I said, oh, so what, what else was good about the weekend? And he said, the sausages were brilliant. <laughs> oh, and it was like, well, that's good, you know, because we're in Germany and it's sausages and we had a bit of a chat about Italian pasta and we, we, he likes his food and he likes trying stuff when we go to different places. So we were talking about different foods. So good to see the German sausages are still up there with, you know, the best in the world. I'm glad you've enjoyed those. And then I said, oh, you know, any, anything else? And he said, oh, yeah, I used the wrong hair gel. Well, you know, I've never worn hair gel in my life, Dad. I'm not cool enough. So I was like, well, what do you mean you've worn the... Yeah, my, the, my roommate, his mum's a hairdresser, and he had the best stuff. And and that that was the... That we're definitely using it. Can we go and get some of the other stuff? They were his first responses. So anyway, after about 20 minutes, Dale, I'd had enough. And I said, can you just tell me something about the football? We'll be good. In a bog store list in the car. And he said, oh, yeah, no, I was, cap I was captain all day Saturday and I scored a last-minute equaliser against Hanover to top the group from a free kick. And, 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 and he said, you know, I never score. It was just brilliant. And I said, what did you do? And he said, well, I just ran to the corner to celebrate because it, it, it was just brilliant. I said, you know, I don't like that. You know, we get back to halfway and be boring and get ready to play again. He goes, yeah, but it was the best thing in the world, Dad. <laughs> you know, now, he, he had gone off on his own and it... Yes, the football meant something to him and he absolutely loved every minute of it, but it wasn't his prime motivation. And yet that's what I wanted to know about. And it, it's just a lovely story to explain sometimes about, you know, what mo motivates us as adults is and what always motivates our kids. It's, it's so true. And, and just from that story, listening to it, there's so many key takeaways. I, I love the idea that... Um, Beautiful use of technology of WhatsApp that you're able to keep an eye on it. You'll know that they're safe. But not only that, that the kids' phones were taken off them as well so they could experience the Novotel, the sausages, the hair gel. You know, they were able to get that. And it's amazing what they take out of a trip, whereas you're just worried about did he score, did he play well, what was it like, what were the teams like. And it, I think that's a really good insight for not only what kids see and what parents see as well and, and as well as how Middlesbrough run the whole day, Gordon, and, and the weekend. So I love that story, and I'm fascinated with that. I can see the power of it, and I use it all the time. Now, people are listening along going, bang, you're not in Australia. Where are you? What can we do? But you do have a membership site. You've got a couple of books. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, mate? Yeah, so, I mean, we're not we're not in Australia in, in person, but we, we do some work with Little Athletics in New South Wales. So they, are, they run our uh, – they've got our parents' book. They've got our customised parents' book. They've done a customised coaches' book. And we licence out our workshops for them to deliver in New South Wales. So hopefully lots of parents, lots of clubs, lots of coaches, you know, have seen those. Um, and on our site, we, we've got two books. We've got a book called Great Sports Parenting. Uh, it's it's a, a little 50 to 60-page pocketbook, which – just looks at some of the the things 
that we maybe struggle with a bit, particularly during those early years when our children are maybe five to 11 years old. We'd look at some things around the car journey home, keeping things in perspective, making sure we play lots of different sports and we don't specialise. And we just give some uh, little bits of guidance for parents in there. Um, and then w- what what it also does is if you buy the book off our site, you will also get lifetime access to our members area. And the members area has got a huge... Uh, section for parents to help our children with their nutrition and their conditioning and and um, traveling abroad what you might pack it goes into huge huge amounts of detail in there and there's some content that that's locked away in there that obviously you can't see uh, you know anywhere else around the world and our engage book um, is uh, a book for coaches on how to build positive relationships with parents. Again, you buy the book. It's another little 60-page pocket book. gives some really good ideas about how you can communicate well, ideas for your parents' meetings, ideas for games to play with parents on the side of the pitch. And again, if you buy the book, you get the access to the members area. And in the members area, we've got 15 to 20 blogs for coaches talking about how you might deal with your playing time conundrum, how you may deal with the difficult parent or the quiet parent that doesn't want to be engaged. So there's loads and loads of ongoing content that that we provide in there. And that can be found at parentsinsport.co.uk. Awesome, Gordon. I'll have links to that in the show notes, guys. So if you go to energetic.education forward slash podcast um, and you'll have Gordon's uh, session in there, mate, and we'll have all the links for that. Now, Gordon, before I let you go, mate, I know you're very busy and Liverpool are probably hopefully up 1-0 by now. Um, I've got two questions that I finish off my interviews with, and I I was wondering, mate, if you could go back to 18-year-old Gordon when, you know, you were playing cricket, you were playing rugby, you are just dominating, you are just becoming an adult, and you could give yourself one bit of advice that you've learnt from all your coaching, your parenting, your teaching, your travels, everything you've done, what would that one bit of advice that you would give to 18-year-old Gordon? Uh, oh, goodness. I think I may have stumbled across it during the time, but I I would say if I was doing that again, I would say, do you know what? Your exams are important, your schooling's important, but I'll tell you what, if you can go around the world and you can communicate with people well, I think it'll stand you in good stead. Uh, I'm a big believer in in the way you talk to people and how you treat people, and I take a lot of pride in the fact that I can get on with people from all walks of life, you know, people who, who maybe don't have lots of money, people who have lots of money, people who have had very different backgrounds from others. And I, I would say that's a really good tip for any 18-year-old. You know, give yourself the opportunity to communicate and learn how to communicate with adults and, and people around you. So really, and it just sort of comes back to relationships, doesn't it? That um, if you can form bonds, relationships, be able to be open, listen and communicate with people, you're going to be in good stead for the rest of your life? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that that's huge for me. And look, you, you, you'll you know that with the work you do and, and that's hopefully why some of our work's proving, you know, I guess a little bit successful, you know, in the, in the people that we work with because you, you're able to communicate and get your message across and, and hopefully people want to work with you a bit yeah it's so true and the final one gordon is what legacy do you want to leave mate i know you've still got a you've got a lot to leave you've got a lot to still give but when it's all said and done mate what what do you want to be remembered for oh you know i would i would like to think that i that i'd made an impact in creating the first really uh huge online portal for parents of children in sport and i would love to think that 
it would have a, a, a lasting impact on on parents who are able to access the content and may be given it by the, the sports that they work with. Uh, and likewise, I, w- I would like to think that we've changed some of the, the coaching perspective and the coach view that, that we understand that parents are the most influential people in a child's life. And we've got to find ways of bringing them into the process. And I, I'm conscious that I didn't always do that over the years. Um, that it was all a bit about me and 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 maybe what I was achieving as a coach and the players were achieving um, and the parents. You know, I always wanted to keep at a distance, but you know that that having now been a parent myself, I I I can't see how that can possibly be the right way if if we want them to support the work that we're doing as coaches. Yeah, it's so true. And like anything, it's all about creating that team environment. And when there's parents, coaches and teachers and everyone involved, you've got to work together, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 without doubt, the best outcomes come when, when the key, those key people are, are working well together. Yeah, so true. And now, now Gordon, you're, you're very, very good on Twitter, mate. Where else can we find you? What, uh, where's your social hangouts? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're on Twitter, as you say there. And actually, I haven't gone too mad. One, we're on um, Facebook as well, and, and that's it for now. We're, um, so you can find us at WWPIS uh, on Facebook and at underscore WWPIS on Twitter. And there's lots of stuff on there every day, uh, as you know, Dale. And uh, we love hearing from people as well. You know, people contact us and email us and ask for little bits of advice, which we, we, we very happily give away for free. Perfect, Gordon. Now, thank you so much for your time today, mate. I'll have all the links, all the socials on our uh, pod, podcast post. Um, and, mate, thanks for taking the time. I know I've drawn you away from uh, the mining Liverpool, mate. I hope they get over Man City for you. Yeah, thanks, mate. And, uh, yeah, great to uh, great to have been a part of it. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>